This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. up the good work. Keep seeking after God. Man, I believe that God is going to do some incredible, incredible things in y'all's lives over the next 16 more days. For those of you guys that are doing water only or doing the Daniel fast or getting rid of social media or something, man, I, I'm proud of y'all. And, and this is what I know is that, that during this fast, I've been thinking a lot about food. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's a negative thing. In fact, I started making a list on my iPhone of all the places I want to eat when I get done fasting. And uh, and I've been like a, a, a vegetarian for quite a while here. And, and on my list is a whole bunch of places that serve meat. So I don't, I don't know if that's going to continue down that path or not. But uh, while I was doing it, I was looking at some of the things that, that I, I had on there. One of the places that I had on there was a, is a Brazilian steakhouse. I want to go eat at a Brazilian steakhouse. Now, y'all know that a vegetarian isn't going to get any veggies at a Brazilian steakhouse. I mean, all they do is come and bring beef and steak and and I guess that's the same thing, and chicken and pork and, and just like anything you can think of, man, they're going to have it. And, and I was thinking about the last time I ate at a Brazilian steakhouse. It was actually at a place called Fogo de Chao in Miami. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's, it's amazing. It's down on South Beach, and uh, my wife and I were there, and I remembered uh, I got there, and I was like, man, why do they always have this salad bar thing here? And, and finally, I realized why. It's for the vegetarians in life. But if you're going to a Brazilian steakhouse, you are not going there to eat like rabbit food, are you? No, I mean, you're going there to pound some meat. And so I just realized that that right there, that's just filler. Like there's no need for any of that to really be there. And so I just decided, you know, when you get there, if you've never been, they they have a little system. They have a little card that's on your table. Green means go. It means like bring more food and red means stop. Well, I had this brilliant idea that I was going to leave it on green the entire time I was there. And so every time somebody would come by, yeah, I'll take that sausage. Yeah, I'll take that uh, bacon wrap filet mignon yeah I'll take that garlic encrusted sirloin yeah I mean I'm just going through it I'm saying I'm saying yes to everything I'm like piling up food and I don't even care and I'm like I'm gonna pound all of this uh and so I just started eating and eating and eating and eating and eating until basically you know when you get that sigh moment where you're supposed to stop eating has anybody ever heard of that when you when you do that first sigh that's like when you're supposed to be full well I figured out I could get through at least three of those and so I just kept I just kept pounding it, and, and it finally, my wife was like, listen, TJ, uh, this is really fun and all, but you need to stop before you hurt yourself. And I was like, I'm not going to hurt myself, man. I'm a man. I can, I can eat as much meat as I want. We are made to eat meat. And, and so I ate some more, and then uh, finally I was like, I was starting to feel a little bloated. And, uh, and so I was like, all right. I finally flipped it over on red, and we went out. And, and I thought to myself, man, this, that was awesome. Until about like an hour later, my stomach felt like it was about to explode. Anybody ever have one of those moments where it's like, you're just like, you're popped down. You're like, oh my gosh. And you're, you're kind of like Bill Cosby and you're just wishing that the toilet would become your best friend. And, and so, and so, man, I give way too much information in church. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh man, and you know, we, we come back and it's about, a, it's about 45 minutes drive or whatever. And I decide, man, I'm just gonna, you know, the best way to do to feel better is just to go to sleep. You know, you always feel better when you fall asleep. But that night, man, my stomach was working so hard to process all that food. Like I was having cold sweats all night and everything. And you know what the funny thing is, is the next morning when I woke up, I was freaking starving. 
I was like, how in the world do you eat that much food and like you ate like seven cows and three turkeys and two chickens and you're still like hungry the next day? I have no idea, but it, somehow I was. And it, it got me thinking about this scripture in, in John 6, 25, where Jesus declared that, man, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You know, there's something that's out there that will make us neither hunger nor thirst anymore. And the reality is, is that a lot of us are filling our lives with so many things, thinking that they're gonna fill the void in our life. And at the end of the day, those things that we keep filling our life with never seem to satisfy. In fact, I found a statistic that said one in five Americans uh, states that they're depressed today. One in five states that are depressed, how many more are depressed that aren't stating it? And so they're going out and they're fulfilling their life with all of these things. In fact, I think South Florida is a great representation of that because we're so busy filling our lives with things and, and more stuff and, and cars and relationships and all these things, thinking that it will eventually satisfy. But at the end of the day, man, we're just longing for something more. And I believe that, that South Florida is full of people that are hungering and thirsting for something so much more significant than just those things that they've been longing for. But the only thing that's gonna truly satisfy their life is this relationship with Christ. It's this, this bread of life that Jesus was talking about. And Matthew 5, 6 says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, God desires that, man, we're not supposed to go hunger and thirst for all this excess stuff, but man, we're just the hunger and thirst for the things of him. We're the hunger and thirst for the things that he desires for our lives. And, and see, I see a church as a place where people can come and eat and where we can serve up the bread of life to people, where they can experience this, this hunger that will dissipate when they find the thing that'll truly satisfy the very depths of their life. And if you're here today and you're a guest with us, man, I just wanna tell you, man, this this is a great weekend for you to be here because you're going to kind of see the behind the scenes of, of why we think our church is a big deal, why we believe the church, the big church is a very, very big deal because it's so much bigger than us just coming and sitting here and listening to some bald guy talk who likes to wear Mr. Rogers sweaters every week. It's so much bigger than that. And so if you're wondering what this place is all about, man, you're gonna, you're gonna get to discover a little behind the scenes today. And man, I, I'm glad that you are because people come here all the time and they say, man, man, there's just something different about this church. There's just, there's just something that, man, when I come here, my life just seems, you know, it seems like something's going on inside of me. And I don't really know how to under explain that. And, and let me just tell you something, that thing that you're feeling in your life, maybe you're, maybe you're just a seeker. Maybe you're somebody who's checking out church. Maybe you've been in church for a couple times and you're just, you're just kind of feeling this all out saying, man, are these people really kooky and weird or are they, they legit or, or what's up? Let me just tell you that thing that you keep feeling inside of you, that's the power of God. And like my mama always used to say, if you hang out by the fire long enough, eventually you're going to get burned. And eventually you're going to experience the fullness of that power of what God wants to do in and through your life. And, and what we do here at Coastal is very important to serving people the bread of life. I believe that every weekend we come here, we try to do that by building up believers and serving seekers. Man, we try to make it easy for people to come and experience this fullness of what Jesus was talking about when he said, man, I'm the bread of life. You who will eat of it will hunger no more. You who drink of me will thirst no more. I believe that there's some things that we can discover that God wants to do inside of us 
and, and take it to a whole nother level. And today what I wanna do is I wanna, I wanna use this table as an illustration and I wanna thank uh, Ed Young and Fellowship Church in, in, in Dallas, Texas for giving me this idea uh, of how to do this. And, and we're gonna kind of use this a, as an illustration here today of what our church is all about. And when you invite people over to your house for dinner, um, what, what do you normally do? I mean, what do you do when you invite them over? Man, what's the first thing you do? You know you clean up your house, don't you? Man, you go and you sweep that place clean, at least the places that everybody can see, like the common areas, like your kitchen, the living room, your dining room. Man, you're gonna scrub that junk. All the excess crap you're just throwing in the kids' room. You're like, don't open that door, you know? And, and, and you're just cleaning that place up and, and you know you're gonna make them a meal so you wouldn't have your guests show up and be like, hey, the kitchen's right there, go make yourself something. No, man, you're gonna find out what they like and, and what's appealing to them and what, they, what is some of their favorite meals. And you're gonna cook something along those lines and you're gonna, you're gonna serve that up to them. At the same point, you know, you're not gonna just go and, and, and put out, you know, kind of the, the crappy china when a guest comes over. Have you ever noticed, like, if you come to my house and you're my friend and, and we know each other well, when you come to my house, what you're gonna get is not fine china, you're gonna get paper plates. Anybody else, anybody else have that, that flow at their house? Like, if we're close enough, bro, I, I love you. That's why you get the paper plate. But if I don't know you very well, I wanna impress you. Like, I wanna show you, like, I'm all that in a bag of chips. So I'm gonna break out, like, the china and stuff. I'm gonna have the napkins all done up. I did these myself. I just wanna say, you guys should all be very proud. Um, man, I am extremely metro. Martha, Martha Stewart, eat your heart out. And so, uh, you know, you would set this all up because you don't want them to come in and look at this and be like, man, this is, this is ghetto, man. You want them to come in and say, man. Yeah, I'm, thank you. Man, this is, this is, this is fine, man. This, they, were, they were prepared for me. They were looking forward to me showing up and being at this meal. And that's, that's, that's really what the church is, is all about, man. You want people to come over and enjoy hanging out at your house. You want them to come and chill and feel comfortable and feel like, man, they, they were expecting me, man. They wanted me here. In fact, so many people come into Coastal and, and you know, normally I stand out front and they'll walk up and they'll shake my hand or they'll give me a high five and they'll kind of lean into me and they'll say, hey, hey, let me just tell you, my friend, friend's coming today. Don't screw this up. I'm like, that's sold out, bro. You thought I was just going to jack this thing up. Just like your friend's coming. I'm going downhill right now. I'm just going to crash and burn. No, man, they're, they're coming and they're expecting, man, to come to this, this table and come to this place where they can experience the bread of life. And what I want to do is I want to talk about this table and these, these three chairs. And I want to explain it as some people that are coming into our church. And so the first one is, is the mature person. The, my desire here as, and our desire as a church is that mature people, when they come to the church, man, when they come to Coastal, that this can be a place where believers can get together, man, that they can, they can be fed, that they can grow in the relationship with God, man, that they can truly experience all that God has for them. In fact, last week, you know, we were talking about, um, we were talking about the power of relationships and how the church is so much more than just coming here on the weekend. In fact, if this is all you're experiencing of our church, you're missing out on the heartbeat of who we are. And, and, and so um, I, was, I was talking to some people and they were telling me after last week and throughout this week, man, that all hell has broken loose in their life. I mean, it's been like the worst week of their life, but luckily, man, they, they had some relationships they could lean into and that God was doing some things and doing some awesome things. And I started thinking about that and I thought, how awesome is that? Is that people are truly experiencing 
experiencing what this is supposed to be, that the mature person is, is knowing that, man, God knows what we're going to go through even before we're going to th- go through it. And you know what? If we can seek out anybody's wisdom, man, we should seek out God's and we should seek out other people because a lot of those people have experienced what we're going through way before we even go through it. And they can give us insight and they can give us wisdom into those things. And I just think that that's an amazing thing when mature believers recognize the man that God is doing so much more than what we can even imagine. In fact, I got this, this email that I wanted to share because I, I just thought it was pretty cool. And this lady said, I'm sitting in my car on my lunch writing this to you because I have been learning in small groups that we should seek counsel from the wise when we need help. Well, I have to tell you this story and I will try to make it as short as possible without offending God for rushing. I, I, I write better than I speak, so bear with me. So God has been, began this, his total transformation of me this summer when my neighbor invited me to Coastal. And then I began going to Maribel small group. The transformation that has been liberating, exciting, terrifying, difficult, eye-opening, and beautiful all at the same time. I've had days of experiencing pure joy that my connection to God is finally here and days of feeling exhausted and upset because the Holy Spirit is bringing up all the sin in my heart. So I have to look at, at it in the face and give it to God willingly, not just pretend that it will all evaporate magically. I know how crazy this sounds, but hear me out. So ever since this healing in my heart allowed me to start hearing God speaking to my heart, he's been talking to me a lot and loudly. She has that all in bold. And uh, I spend most of my days now marveling at his beauty and praising him, writing down my ideas. He's flowing through me. And he, the words he wants me to use to tell his story of my brokenness and redemption and of my family too. Then I keep thinking of all the lost and how to reach them. And I get inspired randomly to encourage or share with my new family of believers so as to remind myself and them of his love. I love this, but, but sometimes it gets so frustrating because I have to work. I even try to plea and bargain with God. I'm like, God, I really have to do this work. Can you please help me focus? Can we work on this junk later? I'm going to get fired for not being focused and doing my work. And you know what he replies as he chuckles? She puts in parentheses. So maybe you should stop doing your so much, so much of your work and start doing mine. Man, I just need some help deciphering the message And there's more than I can tell you that will help make this picture clear, I guess. My entire life feeling is that I choose with my life to be a service to people. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but God told me to tell you so that you would not smother the fire that clearly needs to be burning full blast at this season of my life. Being at Coastal and listening to the very real messages and being loved and supported and nurtured by very real people who live life with Christ and each other opened up a floodgate in me. I'm not sure what to do with this force now. I mean, that's a pretty amazing story of how God is moving in people's lives because they've recognized that, man, there's people that are around them that they can get connected with. And like I said last week, connect groups are the best way for a mature believer to grow. It's the best way for you to grow and develop your relationship with God. In fact, you know, in all of my experience, I I don't ever remember a sermon my pastor preached. I know that that's pretty bad. I know most of you don't remember what I preached a week or two weeks ago. So I know that it's true. But you know what I do remember? I remember the times I spent with him at lunch. I remember the times we went on golf retreats together. I remember the times that we just hung out at his house and I made fun of LSU football while he made fun of my sorry Notre Dame team that got whooped this past week. But those are the things that I, re- I don't remember any of the, the great messages that he preached, but I remember those intimate one-on-one times or those times when we were in a group of people that we just lived life together and we saw God do some amazing things in our life. See, mature believers understand that, that they're getting fed so they can push away from the table and serve other people. 
They realize that it's not about them just sitting there and gorging themselves, but it's about so much more. That's why John 6, 27 says this, don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food that the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God, the Father to last. See, mature believers understand that the, the greatest growth that they have in their lives is when they step away from the table and they start applying what has been taught to them and serving other people with that information. They start recognizing that it's, it's not just about me over here just eating some grub, but it's about me taking those things that I've learned and start serving other people so they can experience the life that I'm experiencing right now. In fact, the, 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 the next verse says this. It says, John 4, 31 through 34. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat. And he said, no, I have some food you don't know about. And they're like, who brought it to him? I mean, they're, they're kind of perplexed at that moment. And the disciples asked each other. And then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. And from finishing his work. See, the nourishment that God is providing for our lives, it shouldn't just be something that just kind of sits there and we digest. It should be something that be, all of a sudden becomes fuel for our lives, that encourages us and pushes us out to get beyond ourselves and to start to serve other people in life. That's what a mature believer looks like. I know a lot of people think mature believers look a lot different, but the mature believer realizes that it's not my job just to sit here and be like, go get your own food, go get some of that. Man, can you grab me a soda? No, they realize that, you know what? I have guests that are here. You know what? There's people that are showing up. I need to go, hey, can I get you something to drink? How can I help you? How can I see you become the full thing that God wants you to become? And we need to start recognizing that it's not about us just coming here and consuming, but it's about us starting to use the energy and the things that God has given us to, to use our gifts and talents to encourage and build other people up. The second, the second table that, that, or second chair that's here is, is, is the immature chair. And, uh, and it's, it's not really, it doesn't really look like this. They actually have a, a different chair than this. Let me, let me grab this chair because their chair is a little bit different. Their chair is the high chair. Uh, you know, the immature person, they don't, they don't have a normal chair. They have a special chair because they're special, you know. And, <laughs> you know, they, they see that, that it's all about me, myself, and I. And, you, and the immature person, they're, they're sitting up here, and I wish I could get in here, but I tried, and my fat butt won't, won't fit in here. So, you know, they're all up in here. They're like, I want to be fed. I want some food. Can we have longer worship? Can we sing this song? Can we turn the noise down? I don't like earplugs. I don't like having to move for new people. That's my seat. <laughs> my favorite one is, uh, I just wanna go deeper. What the heck does that mean? Are we like swimming in here or something? I mean, you know, this really isn't a high chair. This is really an eye chair. I, 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 I want this and I want that. And Jesus, Jesus talked about these people and, and Corinthians says this, it says, dear brothers, I've been talking to you as though you were still just babies in the Christian life. Who are, are not following the Lord, but your own desires. I cannot talk to you as I would healthy Christians who are filled with the spirit. I have to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't digest anything stronger. And even now you still have to be fed on milk for you are still only a baby Christian controlled by your own desires, not God's. 
When there is jealousy among you and you quarrel with one another, doesn't that prove that you are just still babies? Wanting your own way. In fact, you are acting like the people who don't belong to the Lord at all. You know, and, and this is the thing. These people, they make a big ruckus, don't they? I mean, babies, they, when they don't get what they want, what do they do? They cry and they kick and they scream and they, and they demand their way and, and they're gonna do everything they can to get the attention. And you know what happens in a lot of places is a lot of places decide, you know what? I'm gonna turn away from my guests and I'm gonna give all of my attention to this baby chair and I'm gonna ignore everybody else that's at the table that's here. And I'll, oh, I'll give you more worship. Oh, I'll feed you. Oh, let me give you some more peas. You know, let me give you some more dehydrated carrots. Let me, you know, just hook you up. And we're turning away from the very guests that we've invited over to, to take care of some people that are immature in their faith. And the meistic Christianity is the very opposite of what Christ talked about. He didn't talk about, it's all about me. He talked about the fact that it's about we. It's about getting beyond myself. It's about getting beyond my needs and my desires and seeing the needs and the, uh, and the things of other people and stepping out and meeting those things. Not allowing ourselves to just stay in that, that place, but getting out there and thinking about others. In fact, if you think about children, children are like the most unstable people in the world, aren't they? They're like bipolar personalities. I mean, you think about it. Like a kid can be happy one moment. You take something away from him. What are they doing? Man, they're depressed and they're throwing a fit the next, aren't they? It reminds me of Bill Cosby. You know, the old Bill Cosby commercials with the ice cream. The little kid would be like, I got ice cream and you can't have none. And then the next scene where you would see that kid had the ice cream fall on the ground and you see him down there depressed and crying. I mean, that's what it's like. It's, it's this bipolar mentality of it's all about me. And what we forget is that, man, it, this, it's about us growing and being stable and mature in our Christian faith. This next verse in Ephesians tells us, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the people to do the work and to build up the church. The body of, the body of, wait, the body of Christ will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and a knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. See, trying to explain to us that so many times we think that maturity is just, man, I just want to sit here and I just want to glean and I just want to learn. But the reality is, is when we're just sitting there and we're just trying to consume everything, we're really immature because the goal of the Christian walk, the goal of being a Christ follower is not to sit in the chair forever. The goal of the Christian faith is for us to grow and mature and build the church. It's to do something. It's not just to, just to get my stuff. It's to do something and, and true maturity True mature Christians realize that their greatest growth comes when they start serving other people because that's where they start practically applying all the information that they've been intaking for years and it starts to practically apply to their life. Rather than it just being a great theory, which is what it is to a lot of us because all we do is we sit there and we suck our thumb and we say, I hope, I hope he gives me something good this week. It's saying, man, I'm gonna take my thumb out and I'm gonna I'm a man up or I'm gonna woman up and I'm gonna go do something with this thing that God has put within me. That God wants to use me to do something incredible. 
John 21, 17 says this. Now the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This is Peter talking to, to John, Jesus talking to Peter. And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him this the third time. He said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, the only way for us to overcome this problem that we have, which is, is, is an unhealthy diet and lack of exercise, is all of a sudden to put together a diet of, 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 of healthy eating and a lot of exercise. It's the only way that you and I are going to start changing the, the look of our life. Because a lot of us, we're, so, we're sitting up here and our Bible belt is, is, our gut is hanging over the Bible belt. And we're just thinking, man, if I can just get one more notch on this mug, I'll be good. And, and God's saying, man, you need to get up and you you need to start exercising. You need to start utilizing those gifts. You need to start utilizing those talents because I've got something more for your life than just consuming. I've got something greater inside of you and it's time for you to stand up and do something. That's why James says, don't deceive yourselves by just listening to his word. Instead, put it into practice. Put it into practice. And today, man, we wanna give you the best opportunity to do that because I know that there's a lot of people that have been sitting here for a long time, just hanging out, just, just, I'm not going to say that. I've just been hanging out, just eating some, some food. And uh, it's time for you to step up and start exercising and start getting a better diet. And we like to call it serve one, attend one. That's a great exercise and diet regime. It's where you can come and you can, you can serve in one service. And then in the next service, you can come and attend. And it's a great way for you to discover how God has created you and how he's used your gifts and your talents to impact other people. And so right after service, right outside, man, there's going to be some tables set up with different ministry areas. And this is the thing, we would love for you to get involved. We'd love for you to step up and say, you know what, I'm not going to continue to sit in the high chair, but I'm going to get up off of my honey. I'm going to crawl out of here. I I'm ready. I think Think my legs will stabilize on top of all this Bible belt weight and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna start to I'm gonna start to apply this stuff to my life and I'm gonna see God do something absolutely incredible inside of me and so I want to encourage you don't leave here today without getting involved don't leave here today without getting a steady uh, exercise plan for your life so you can grow and mature in your faith so you can build the church because that's what it's all about it's not about this church it's about the big church Christ church, the bride that he wants to come back from, that he, for, that he's looking for, and he's wanting to say, man, man, she looks fine, not like she's been sitting there just gorging herself for 17 years. And so it's time for us to, to step up. And, and, and the last group that's at the table is this group that's, that's a seeker. They're at the far end of the table. They're, they're coming in and they're checking out Christ and maybe seeing what this is all about. And it reminds me of, of, of a couple months ago, I was at the Boca Mall and, and in the food court and I'd grab some lunch and I was hanging out and, and the, the Chinese places always come by and they always wanna give you free samples. You know, they're like, sample, sample. And I'm like, I'm like, I already have some lunch, lady. I don't need any samples. Like I'm already eating. I don't need samples. And I, and I like looked and like 20 yards away was like, you know, it's right before Christmas time and there was like a bajillion people passing through there. If you've been to the Boca Mall around Christmas time, you know, it's chaos. And so there's like a bajillion people. I'm like, if you would walk 20 yards that way, there's about 4,000 people that are hungry right now. I've already got some food. But so many times the church is just like that. The church is just like that. We're walking around to people that already got some food and we're saying, hey, do you want some samples? Hey, do you, do you want something to eat when y'all have already been eating all of your life? 
Instead, we need to walk to the outskirts where people are lost and broken and hurting and saying, hey, you know what? We've got something that might satisfy your soul that hasn't been found in the Bentley or in that big house or in that job or in that relationship or that other relationship that you haven't told your other relationship about. I mean, it hasn't been found in any of those things. That's why Luke said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so the houses will be full. Because this is the thing, God wants his house to be full. God wants every single person in our community to be a part of his life. It's not about being a part of a church because he's not about, he's about people having a personal relationship with him. And he's saying, man, who's gonna go out there and tell them Who's gonna go out there and, and serve them some, some appetizers so they can discover the goodness that I am? In fact, Isaiah says this, and he's talking to us as the church. He says, pay attention. Open your eyes. Are you blind? You are my servant and you're not looking. You're my messenger and you're not listening. The very people I depend upon, servants of God, blind as a bat, willfully blind. Now you've seen a lot but looked at nothing. You've heard everything, but listened to nothing. God intended out of the goodness of his heart to be lavish in his revelation. But there is a people battered and cowed, shut up in attics and closets, victims licking their wounds, feeling ignored and abandoned. But is anyone out there listening? Is anyone paying attention? Man, God right there is challenging us. He's saying, man, it's time for us to, to take the blinders off. We get so focused on our lives. We get so focused on a lot of minuscule things and a lot of minuscule desires that we have. And he says, we're missing a ton of people that are hurting and broken all around of us. Our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends and our family, man, they're, they're busted up. He's saying it's, it's time for us to open up our eyes. It's time for us to, to, to give them a seat at the table to say, hey, man, here's a place for you. Man, come sit right here. Come hang out right here. Man, there's an opportunity for you to, you, man, you're broken right now. I want to come help you heal. You're hurting right now. Man, I want to I bandage your wounds. You're emotionally spent right now. Man, I just want to input into your life. Man, your marriage is in shambles. Let's help you restore that thing. That's what our church is all about. Our church is about being a, a hospital for lost and hurting and broken people where they can come and they can find healing and they can find health. And then they don't have to leave the hospital, but they can start serving the more people that are coming in. They can start saying, you know what? I don't, I don't need this seat anymore. You know what? I feel pretty good. I'm going to open it up for the next person. I'm going to make sure that they have a seat. And I'm going I'm to serve them. What do you need? You need a, you need a glass of water. You need, you need a filet mignon. You need, you need some healing. You need some prayer. You need some relationship. Whatever you need, I'm going to bring that to you. And it'd be so easy to ignore these people. But this is what we're all about. We've, we've said all along, we want to be a church that makes it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. You know how it makes it easy? Man, we serve them like crazy and they don't know what to, the heck just happened in their life. Why do these people like me so much? Why are they taking care of me? Because that's what Jesus would do. 
In fact, that's why we're starting this other campus in, in Northeast Broward County, because we believe that, man, there's loss and there's hurting and there's broken people over there. And you, you guys have given sacrificially, you've given, uh, given of your time, you're given of all this stuff because you realize that, man, there are more people that are hurting and broken. We're gonna make a way for them. We're gonna make sure that they have multiple opportunities to hear the gospel of Christ, every man, woman, and child. Because it's not about us just sitting there and being full, but it's about us getting out of our seat and opening the way for seekers to come and find what they need. And our community is so spiritually starved, so spiritually starved, 97% unchurched. Filling their lives with, with everything they can, second highest credit card debt in the nation. The AIDS epidemic is, is running rampant right now because they think they're gonna find it in relationships. We have more stuff than we can ever use. And yet at the end of the day, they're empty. So what have we got to do? I love, there's a story in the Old Testament of, of David and a guy named Mephibosheth. David was the, the king of Israel and uh, man, he was living a pretty awesome, a pretty dominant life. And uh, you know, he was looking around and he's thinking, man, I got a good life. Things are good. I, I've got a, I've got, you know, these huge castles, I've got armies, I've got lots of wives. And uh, I don't know if that was a good thing, but he, he had some. And so, uh, you know, he's got, I got kids. You know, I remember when I wasn't in the best of places. I remember when I was hurting and I was down and I was broken and I was destitute and everybody was out to get me in life. There was one guy, his name was Jonathan, that he had my back. And he loved me and he cared for me and he looked out for me. And he always gave me hope in hopeless situations. And I know he died, but, but maybe there's, there's somebody that's a part of his family that I, could, that I could pay that back in, that I could bring that hope to their life. And so he went through the genealogies and he went through every single thing he found and he found that there was one relative of Jonathan left and his name was Mephibosheth and he was a poor man and he was a crippled man and he could barely survive on his own and and so he sent his his best guard to go get this guy Mephibosheth and when they arrived this guy thought they're gonna kill me you know I'm I'm technically the last heir to the original throne man he wants me dead and instead what it did is he said man I'm gonna take you into my palace and I'm gonna take care of you. And this is what it said in 2 Samuel 9, 11 through 13. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table, like one of the king's own sons. Isn't that a great picture, man? Taking somebody that's, that's not even your own and saying, man, you know what? I'm gonna treat you just like my son. I'm gonna treat you just like my son. And he said, Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. And from then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. See, David understood that, man, our job isn't just to live the high life of, man, we've got it all going on, but it's, man, we're to get up and we're to make room at the table for people who can't get to the table on their own. And we're to serve them and we're to love them and we're gonna see God work in their lives in incredible ways. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.